And I think that's what I would encourage women to do more is those who are pioneering, make it easier for the women, you know, coming after you to to come into your, you know, into your space a lot easier. Today is a good day to take a moment to stop and be grateful. What are you grateful for today? Hello everyone and welcome to Hungry Women at Work, the podcast for the woman who wants to thrive at work without losing her soul. I'm Navile Malloy and I have a lot to be grateful for today. But in particular, I'm grateful for anybody who's working to improve the lives of communities and individuals, much like the guest on our show today, but more about her a bit later. What are you grateful for? Won't you take a moment to hook us up on WhatsApp on 060-921-6977. Or you can even connect with us now on Instagram. Whoop, whoop. Why not follow us at Hungry Women at Work and follow the hashtag HWAW. We'd love to hear what you're grateful for today and also what your thoughts on the show have been thus far. So my guest on the show today is Annie McWalter, the CEO of Psyche Enterprise Development and also the Hope Factory, which is an economic transformation NPO. Welcome, Annie McWalter. Thank you very much. Really great to be with you. So in addition to this huge role that you hold, you are also really passionate about mentoring, um, about creating jobs about calling out and developing the spiritual and mental well-being of women. And you happen to be a really good friend of mine. (laughs) So it is a special treat for me to have you on the show today. And Annie, I've known you since 2009 when I first moved to Johannesburg. And you were probably my first friend in Johannesburg. And one of the things that's always stood out for me is your heart for people. You just have such an incredible capacity to develop people and share of yourself with the people around you. (laughs) And that hasn't changed. So you have a background in industrial psychology, in the sciences, and also in social entrepreneurship. You love learning, lady. (laughs) Yep, I do. (laughs) And so tell us what all this learning has meant for you and how it's brought you to where you are today. Mm. So I think for me, the, I bought in quite early on into this concept of lifelong learning. And um, I think that I've got this passion to always, you need to remain curious and you need to always be adding to what you already know. I I do think that there's a time when you maybe come to where you, you realize you don't have to do that through degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so I've collected a few degrees, but I think well that done. stopped a few <laughs> a few years ago. 
Um, but um, the concept of lifelong learning, of reinventing your your knowledge base, of constantly growing, is is very crucial. And I and I think the way that uh, the world is moving, it's you have to constantly be learning and adapting. So you know, there's this whole thing of everybody's talking about the fourth industrial revolution and how the machines are going to take over yeah. and all of that type of thing. And you know, everyone feels like, whoa, is there going to be jobs for us? But um, the one thing that a machine cannot do is create uh, something from new and think and uh, create a new business like entrepreneurship from scratch. Um, also, a machine cannot truly connect with people and show empathy and mentor. So um, that for me is, is kind of an area that um, I realized I'm really passionate about is that, that human side of things and, and how we can continue to improve human lives. And for me, seeking out people's potential and, and helping them to grow it. So, um, yeah, so I think these days my learning is not necessarily by books and by <laughs> universities, um, but you're constantly needing to adapt and, and grow. So um, it is something that I, I believe very strongly in. And for also for young women out there to, to recognize that they do need to um, constantly be learning and the, point. the real importance of, of having some knowledge base from which to, you know, kind of you know, start your career and improve in your career. Mm. I like that lifelong learning. Mm. It's true. And I mean, yeah, the talks about the fourth industrial revolution have got a few of us a little bit concerned, but you're right. A machine cannot connect with humans. Mm. And in, in your role as CEO of the Hope Factory and now Psyche Enterprise Development Fund, I know developing mm. people is mm. at the core of the business, but tell us a bit more about the organizations and what your role is. We uh, were made aware that some of the activities that we were doing under the Hope Factory uh, were not quite um, public uh, benefit types of activities. They were tax attracting. And so, yeah, we, we, we spinned off the new company, Psyche Enterprise Developments, in March this year. Uh, we, we started it last year, but it really wasn't, it was only active from March this year. And what we've developed is actually a platform where we really would like to mobilize the CA profession behind um, the, the development of financial excellence in entrepreneurs. And so we're looking to, to work with small accounting practices. There's uh, close to 9,000 small accounting practices across the country. And um, they already are in some ways working with these small businesses. What we want to do is we want to bring more work their way and we want to create standards in the area of financial excellence in, in entrepreneurs. And we're going to work with the profession to do that. What we want to do is we want to take unemployed uh, uh, graduates, um, graduates who have accounts three, um, and we would like them to become ATSA members, which means they will develop on the job, they will become members of SICA, and they will do the books for small businesses. And uh, we will have small accounting practices signing off those financial accounts and their, their management accounts and financial accounts, uh, annual financial statements. So we have the quality coming from the CA or the 
general accountants, and we have the actual practical work being done by the unemployed accounting graduates who now are going to, you know, become experienced, grow, um, and themselves could potentially become an accounting practice in the future, or will be absorbed by an accounting practice. And we have um, we're going to be working with uh, the Youth Employment Service, which is a service that is really aimed at getting young people into jobs. So they have have done the research, and it's a, a person who has work experience is three times more likely to get a work experience uh, to get another job. Three so times. Three times more wow. likely. So the Youth Employment Service is a very key partner of us and they're going to help to co-sponsor these young unemployed accounting graduates to do the books for small businesses and we will work with the small accounting practices to host them. And um, it's also solving some of the issues for some of these small accounting practices where they say we find it difficult to find good people. And so together we will we'll help um, do the matching as well as servicing the SMME with quality accounting. Yeah, services. This is fascinating stuff. Uh, I mean, it's just, it, we've got such a crisis when it comes to unemployment in South Africa um, and, and other parts of the world too. So it's just fascinating for me when established business is actually doing something mm. to redress this issue. Mm. Mm. What kind of um, response are you seeing from unemployed graduates and what are what are some of the the things that you would share with unemployed graduates who mm. are feeling quite demotivated right now and wanting to get into the job market mm. so I think it's important for you to as an if you are unemployed to to really work on your networks um, because it is it is really um, what you need to get into is a network that is associated with your particular um, area of study. Okay. So, um, bec because, yeah, I think it's really difficult to just find a job out of nowhere. Yes. It, it needs to be yes. in a particular area. And I think for also for someone who is, is particularly a graduate, um, I think the, the best place is to start with a profession that is associated with your with your particular area of, you know, that you have graduated from. Um, so to a approach those professions. Um, so, yeah, for us, what we're really trying to do is, is look at, we, we know that um, they have some level of, of, of knowledge, but what we're wanting to get them ready for is, is actually on the job a practical experience because I think what's, what's tricky is that the university prepares you for a, a world that's actually quite different when you get out that's into so the work true. world, you know. Um, so, so there's true. sometimes that disconnect between what the, the, the degrees of what you're studying and what the world of work is actually requiring. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for I, I'm quite excited about the Yes program because I think it really is trying to meet a need of of creating these opportunities for young people. And um, I think what's nice about our model, it's working specifically with the graduates, and they will, when they start doing the books for small businesses, as they those businesses grow, their job increases. You know, they will sure. continue to do as that business grows, so their work is continuing. So, so that's what we're trying to feed into, and I think that would be, you know, the what um, we would hope a young uh, unemployed graduate can grow. That there's actually a a 
a trajectory that they can take, that they can grow in. Um, I think that can sometimes be quite disheartening for a young person starting out is, you know, doing something very menial and it has nowhere where it's going. Um, But if there's a path where they can develop and get better skills and with experience grow and get more experience, uh, get, um, you know, greater greater opportunities from that experience that's that's what we're hoping to create yeah this is really phenomenal work you mentioned also about capacity building for entrepreneurs and i know that's Mm. a core part of your Mm. business what what does the Mm. landscape of entrepreneurship in what does the landscape of entrepreneurship in south africa look like um Mm. and um is it different for women sure well it's I think that that landscape of entrepreneurship is is very fragmented in this country. So there is so much going on in this space, but entrepreneurs do not know what's happening. Mm. Um, there isn't one place where they can go to. So um, what we're starting to see is the development of of applications of, of websites that are starting to try pull all of that together, which is exciting for us. Um, and uh, yeah, I think for for women in particular, what you're seeing in the landscape at the moment is that uh, women entrepreneurs are more likely to be um, lifestyle types of entrepreneurs. So they they're not um, necessarily going after a, a big company to grow it and high growth they they, they're opting more for for businesses that is is suited towards being able to do what they want to do um okay okay the stats are quite interesting i think they have been going down in terms of women entrepreneurship but um that's a huge pity yeah it is a pity i think i just our economic environment's been quite tricky and difficult and so I think that um, a lot of people been opting for more safety Um, so so we've seen that but yeah um, there are phenomenal women entrepreneurs in this country and um, I think yeah the sometimes the trickiness is to be able to you know be a a mom and an entrepreneur at the same time and and an aunt and a Cousin and a sister and yeah. a, a wife and a daughter and <laughs> yeah. So there, there's many roles that need to um, that a woman needs to juggle in terms of their their journey. Uh, but needless to say, yeah, I would say that women entrepreneurs are doing well in this country, and um, there certainly is um, support for that in the country. A lot of support for that, and um, I think. Yeah, probably very much in the um, triple B E codes. There's quite a, a strong support for women entrepreneurship, which is really stunning. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, an area that I think um, could probably need more support. Um, yeah, at at Psyche Enterprise Development, we aim to support them through the financial excellence aim. You know, um, but there are many incubation programs, acceleration programs out of the out there, and with the Hope Factory, which is the non-profit uh, part, which you mentioned. Um, the Hope Factory actually owns Psyche Enterprise Development. So any oh, well. money that we make from <laughs> the NGO Psyche owns the yeah, for-profit. Oh, I the, love the profit. I yeah. love that. Well, it's part of the social entrepreneurship <laughs> side. So so any yeah any kind of uh, profits that we 
Mac will be plowed back into the work that we want to, to do. And the Hope Factory Great. really specifically is focusing on um, startup entrepreneurs and, and looking at um, supporting them in the three areas of leadership development of business skills as well as, as the financial excellence putting those kind of foundations for the finances in place so that when we when they get to Saka ED, we don't have to do too much work. You know, <laughs> we've already laid quite a strong foundations. But yeah, we so we, we are supporting uh, a lot of women in on our programs with the Hope Factory. Yeah. You yeah. are doing amazing work. And yeah. I just want to say to all of the listeners out there, come on, ladies, <laughs> we need to get this, start that business. Take that leap. There's so much support, as you're mentioning, yeah. and, and that's so good to know, such an encouragement. Mm -hmm. So you spoke now about um, the three arms that you develop, and one of them is the leadership side of things. Mm. You've been a leader for a number of years now, and you've developed many people along the way, both formally and informally. Mm. What are some of your um, leadership lessons over the last few years and, mm. and how you lead? Mm. The core of leadership is is taking accountability for the direction that you're going, um, either even as a company or as a person, you know, you need to lead yourself. So um, it starts with self-leadership and mm. kind of leading yourself. If you can't lead yourself, then it's going to be very difficult to lead others. <laughs> Wait, so. let's take a moment. That is a pearl of wisdom right there. If you cannot lead yourself, <laughs> it's going to be very hard for you to lead someone else. Yeah. So I think it, it starts with setting out what is important to you in terms of your values. So working out what your values are and working out what your purpose is and what your passion is. Your passion should be connected to your purpose, but what you believe is your purpose. What is your God-given, in a sense, DNA that he put inside of you? And um, um, a lot of that is becoming aware of what you're most passionate about, what you what you seek to achieve, and then then going about. And that's part of the learning is 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 getting the tools um, to be able to to do that that you're most passionate about. So you might have a purpose that you've worked out, but how do you? effectively do that purpose what do you um what are the the kind of yeah what's the framework that you need what are the tools that you need what is the knowledge that you need to be able to to do that purpose effectively as you've led i mean there are some challenges that are unique to women in leadership um it's not always easy leading from the front and there are a number of expectations that that come with the job mm. um how have you navigated leading as a woman and then still bringing your own individual style, uh, your own flamboyance uh, to the role without being typecast or conformed to a role? Hmm. So I think every, every woman will have to find their own leadership path um, because – I don't believe that there's a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter type of leader. And you lead from your personality, you lead from your strengths and your weaknesses. So um, as a woman, um, I, I, I think I was lucky because when I came into the Hope Factory, the Hope Factory had been started by a woman. Oh, so there yes. wasn't a lot of change needed in terms of you know they were used to having a woman yes. leading them um what i did find is that 
you know, you 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 need to. It's sometimes difficult stepping into a founder's shoes. Of course, um, of course. because uh, they they lead in a different way. Yes, and so yes. I just had to kind of get people used to the way that I lead, and it was a different way. Well done to you. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that so. must have been the. The storming, norming phase of, yeah, <laughs> of the journey. Norming and then performing, <laughs> yes. So um, I think my advice to would be for women is to don't try to be like a man in leading. You're never going to be like that. I like um, that. So, you know, I, and I think that stage of where you're needing to, to act like a man as a leader is, is actually falling away. Oh, fantastic. Look, that, maybe that's it's, good news. it's easier <laughs> in the work that I do with entrepreneurs. Yes. It's a little bit more open. It's uh, maybe with the corporate um, sphere, the very heavy corporate, it might be a bit different. But um, I do believe that women bring a different uh, style to their leadership. Um, they're thinking more inclusively. They... Um, yeah, I need that was one of the things that I needed to learn was to listen more. <laughs> I'm still I'm still working on it. I think we all are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think you you can fully be um, yourself as a woman as a leader, and um, I do believe that the world that we're going into is also social media has made it um, very much more connected um, and connecting, and women are natural connectors. And natural in terms of that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, um, I also am lucky in that um, within Saika, I am reporting into a woman who is a very strong woman. Wow. And so I think that's also been quite easy for me. So I maybe haven't had the challenges that a lot of women leaders tend to get. Um, I think that my particular um direct uh, report in into Saika, um, she would have probably had quite a lot of challenges. Sure. And so she's fought a lot of battles. So I, I, I'm lucky to be able to, you know, kind of come in not having um, fought a lot of those battles. Well, you've touched, that's a big point that you've touched there about the women yeah. going before who fought the battles. So that Yeah, those of us stepping in don't have easier. to. Yeah. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, and I think that's what I would encourage women to do more is those who are pioneering, make it easier for the women, you know, coming after you to to come into your, you know, into your space a lot easier. So I love um, Cheryl Sandberg, the, the CEO of Facebook and her book Lean In. And she speaks about women also making it easier for other women because she talks about women having a place at the table and how men naturally they believe they have the right to have a, net, a place at the table. They own the table. They bought the table, man. Come on now. They, it's very easy for them. Whereas sometimes I think for us females, we no, don't naturally believe that we have that place at yes, the table that's and so true. ability to just speak. And so Cheryl speaks about that quite quite nicely in her book, Lean In. And she also talks about other women um, making the way for other women. So really encouraging them. So, so it's lovely. I, I loved... I loved a lot of her sentiments as well around that. And um, it is important for us to to um, support one another in leadership and being fully who we are. Absolutely. Mm. So we're going into a section now called Rapid Fire Questions, where I fire some questions at you and you just tell me the first answer that comes to mind. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> 
A song that always gets you through the day. I listen to Jesus Culture Radio, which is available on iTunes. And there are many songs that get me through the day there. A book that's changed the way you think about work. Um, Muhammad Yunus, uh, Creating a World Without Poverty. A gadget or app that helps you work smarter. So definitely the iPad. Your advice to your younger self. Play more and don't be so scared of relationships. Three things that help keep you centered. I read the Psalms, the Passion Version, which is amazing. It makes the Psalms really come alive. Um, but just having that space in the morning, just me and and with nature, with God, is definitely what keeps me centered. The second thing that keep me, keeps me centered is worship. So, so worshiping and being the gratitude. And yeah, praising God. And then the third thing is is getting out into nature often. So going to the bush, looking for the birds, looking for the animals, just hearing the vo- the nature voices of nature is, is definitely calms me down and I love that, yeah. One thing you do to overcome distraction. I I'm quite good to focus, so if I need to get something done, I will only focus on that. So it's just one, I look at one thing ahead of me at a time. Your advice to younger working women? Learn as much as you can, be open, be teachable, be flexible, ask questions, don't think you can't ask questions, be curious, Um, believe in yourself. Your advice to senior women leaders? Give the younger women a chance. Listen to them. Um, they may be open to to new ideas. Um, give them attention as much as you can. Yeah. Annie McWalter, you have just been added to my list of things I'm grateful for today. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show with us today and for sharing your insights with us. And keep thriving as that working woman who's not losing her soul. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Hey there, and thank you for listening to our show today. In each episode, we respond to a question from a listener. And today's question comes from Natasha in Midrand. Natasha asks, How do I focus on my personal development when I have so little time as a working mom and wife? Whoa, Natasha, talk about a loaded question. Now, as a working mom and wife myself, this is an area of challenge for me. And I'll be honest and say that for the first few years of my child's life, I was flunking royally in this area. In that season, personal development at its best was managing to go to gym once a month. You know what I'm saying. Now, every working mom or any woman with relational demands has a checklist of must-do tasks that prevent the family from falling apart. You know that one. Grocery shopping, meal planning, childcare, budgeting, date nights. Say what? The switch for me was realizing that on that must-do list was my own personal growth. So I started scheduling personal development goals as part of that must-do list. But I started small. 10 minutes of reading a new book before bedtime. 20 minutes of exercise twice a week while listening to a podcast on a new topic taking my child on a play date to a place I found enriching, like the museum, a dance exhibition, or the bookstore. 
small things to build the family culture around every member of the house, including good old working mama. In time, that list could grow to organizing a more fixed regular hobby day with your friends, where you can learn a new skill like Thai cooking or salsa dancing. Perhaps you could use your lunchtime at work to do a webinar or an online tutorial, or even try a short-term course through GetSmarter.com, an online platform where you build your learning around your life schedule. I think the main thing is you need to be intentional about your personal development, even when the relational demands are high. Be hungry about your own growth. It really will benefit everyone around you, most especially yourself. If you'd like to add your comment to Natasha's question, follow Hungry Women at Work on Instagram or send us your thoughts on WhatsApp on 060-921-6977. To listen to more episodes, check us out on SoundCloud, Iono FM, Player FM or iTunes. Until next time, keep thriving at work without losing your soul.